How is everyone? Good. Good? Good. One person's good. Dude, Josh well, is good. Yeah. Always, always. Very uh, good. Big plans for Thanksgiving? Anybody leaving town? A few people leaving town? Others staying? What, like, what is the strangest... Our family group talked about pink salad. Anybody else pink salad for Thanksgiving? Yeah, pink salad. Anyone? So what's like? What's the really weird thing that when you bring someone from the outside, like when you first started dating and you brought somebody to Thanksgiving for the first time, what is the like the food that you prepared them for? Like, hey, just so you know, that you're gonna have to take a little, and it's bad, but you should you should really take because <laughs> Uncle Charlie takes it seriously. So like what what was the thing? It's not like that. It's just weird. Three legged turkey. It three legged turkey? Year. Really? That and it just happened once? Just once. And it was like no no. Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 Makes sense. Anybody else like what's the what's the thing? His family doesn't eat turkey. No turkey. There's no turkey on his Thanksgiving. So you go to Thanksgiving in Russia or like what's... Pot roast. Pot roast. Pot roast. So weird. Yeah. That's not really Thanksgiving. I feel like you're you're not really Thanksgiving. You still have stuffing. That's true. Unless you eat dark meat that's somewhat dry, you're not actually thankful. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, let's pray and uh, we'll jump in this evening. God, thank you for uh, just some time to come together and study your word. Uh, Thank you that we uh, got to worship together. And and I just pray for this this season of of holidays that we're about to enter in and Thanksgiving and then after that Christmas that um, we wouldn't let opportunities slip by to talk about you and, and what we're truly thankful for and what Christmas is really means to us. Uh, God, there are so many conversations that'll happen that can easily just come and go. And I pray that we wouldn't miss those opportunities. Um, be with us uh, as we open your word. I pray you uh, teach us and uh, change us and make us more like you. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. Well, you can turn uh, to Colossians and we will be in chapter four. Verses 2 through 6. So we have this week and next week, and we'll actually be finished with uh, the book of Colossians. I feel like it has gone by very, very quickly. And um, Tim and I, like, we have a weekly conversation that's basically the same conversation of, like, how am I going to talk about all of this in, like, 25 to 35 minutes? And like, how am I going to how am I going to get all this in there? And so I hope that you realize that we could end the book of Colossians next week and we could start over again in Colossians and we could go through it again. And you would probably hear 12 completely different sermons that would be just as relevant and just as full. And there'd be just as much there. Um, And we could just keep doing that probably forever. And one that's like, that's how God's word works. It's it's a living, breathing, like it's his word. It never gets old. There's always something in it that you didn't see before. Uh, but just so you know, like uh, we're going to read this and dive in, but we're really going to camp out on one verse and just kind of fly by the others. So there's a, there's a lot here to really be 
studied on and looked at, um, but we'll only be able to get to a little bit of it. So let's read and then we'll get in. Starting in verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward others, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Amen. So, um, we're just going to fly by really quick, and then we're actually going to come back to verse 2, but I'll read it really quickly. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. That's a foreshadowing. Uh, So we'll come back to that. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. So real quickly, um, something to recognize. Paul is asking for the church in Colossae to pray for him. And uh, there's a lot of times in his letters where he says, I'm praying for you. And and then this is one of the times where he's asking for prayer. And and I want us to to take a minute just to consider that on more than just the surface level of like, oh, Paul's asking for prayer. But really think about what that means. A lot of times we have this thought and it's even taught a lot of times that that there are levels. Right. And then if you can get so and so to pray for you, then they have it like they've got a more direct access to God. Like maybe, you know, like a famous pastor or, you know, if you, when he was still alive, if Billy Graham taught were to pray for you, that somehow that would be more meaningful or more significant. We see televangelists um, pray on people using this kind of method where they say, if you'll donate such and such, then pastor will pray for you and he'll pray holding this piece of cloth and then we'll mail that piece of cloth to you and and you can pray and somehow like your prayer will be more is more significant because that person is praying for you and uh, there there are other places that teach that if you like you should ask a saint to pray for you and like that's like that's a better way to get to God is is through that and That's right where Satan wants you to be. To think that you don't have the same access to God that everyone else does. To think that somehow God loves Paul more than he loves you. Because if that were the case, Paul wouldn't need the church of Colossae to pray for him, right? He'd like write Peter. He'd like make a deal with Peter. Like, hey, Peter, I'll pray for you and you pray for me and then we'll be good because we're we're at the top. And it all just trickles down to everybody else. But that's not the case. Paul says, I need prayer and I need you to pray for me. And that's the other piece of it is we think, oh, well, some so-and-so who is a real prayer warrior, they're praying, they're praying and man, like that, like that'll be what does it right? Like that'll be really effective. I don't need to pray. Who am I? Like, I'm not very good at praying. I can't like, I don't really do well. Sometimes I get. I get lost and I, I don't really know what to say or, or how to pray. And so I just won't because there are more significant people out there 
and they're praying and that like that will serve the purpose of prayer. But that's not the case. It's just like with the role that we talked about last week. Everyone has different roles that they're assigned by God. But where we go astray is when we sign value to those. And where we say this thing is more valuable than that thing. And it's one of the biggest mistakes that we make in church is assigning value to roles and assigning value to sin. Say this sin is worse than that sin. This role is better than that role. It's more significant. If this person isn't doing this, that's terrible. But these like these people can kind of drift off. But that's not the case at all. God loves us the same. Remember in chapter one, we're all holy, righteous and, and above repute. So God wants to hear your prayer just as much as he does Paul's, just as much as he does Epaphras, the pastor in Colossae. Like God wants you to pray. And Paul, the apostle, is asking people that he never knew to pray for him because Paul needs encouragement. And I think a lot of times we think that too. We're like, oh, the people that we need to pray for are the people that are really struggling right now, are really having a tough time right now. We'll pray for them. And then those others, like, they're, they're good. And the truth is, you don't know the real condition of people, right? Like, I heard this week that someone can be alone, and that describes their proximity to people, but someone can be surrounded by people and be lonely. And so everyone needs our prayer regardless of their station, and they need, like, they need that encouragement. And I can tell you that one of, like, one of the best ways that you can encourage someone, especially um, a church leader, is to pray for them and to just be faithful and show up. There's nothing more encouraging to, to myself and I know to Tim when we're about to get up here to preach as when you walk through the door. And I know a lot of times when our Sundays are going along and we're thinking about stuff and there's all these things to do, like our significance can seem kind of small. And it's like, ah, it doesn't really matter. It's not really that significant. But you make an impact, an impact that's needed. So Paul is asking for the prayer, and then he asks them to pray that there would be an opportunity for the word. And this time of year, if you're praying that prayer, that there's an opportunity for you to share, there's going to be a lot, right? Because all this week, you're going to talk to people about Thanksgiving. And hey, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Where are you going? And then Christmas is going to come up. And there's going to be countless occasions where you're going to be standing around holding some cookie with sprinkles on it, talking to someone about Christmas, right? And there's going to be plenty of doors open. And if you're praying for them, and if we're praying for each other, that we would take those opportunities to share the word, which is what Paul's praying for right here. That God may open us the door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. That I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. And think about that. A lot of times we end up in those conversations and we go, I don't know what to say and I don't know what to do. And I would ask, like, had you prayed before that? Because that's what Paul's doing here. He's saying, pray for me so that I can be ready. 
so that when those doors open, I can walk through them and I can know what to say and I'll say the right thing. I can speak about the mystery of God, which is how I ought to speak. So that requires that prayer. It requires that faithful prayer and that conscious looking for it because those opportunities will come and go. And I remember one of the, like, one of the things that like, was a light bulb moment for me but way back when, when I first started in sales, was buying signs. And I had a sales trainer come and ride with me, and he coached me on, on buying signs and things like that. And when, I've, like, when I first figured that out, like, it was a game changer for me. But I was intentional, and he was teaching me, and I was looking for opportunities, and I was looking for those questions and those things so that I could step through those doors and say, I have the thing that you need. And that's essentially what Paul is praying for here. He's saying, let me get into conversations and let doors open up so that I can step into that door and I can say, I know what you need. I have the thing that will change your life. I have the thing that you've been looking for. That thing that is missing, that's a part of you. I know what it is. And it's not any of this other stuff that you've been chasing after. It's Jesus. Amen. So pray for those opportunities. Look for them. And then walk in wisdom toward outsiders. This is verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time. Let Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And that's basically saying, walk out what you're talking about. Walk out your faith. The way that you live should reflect what you believe. And you should have those opportunities and those opportunities should come and people should accept what you say and they should believe what you say about God and they should believe what you say about Jesus because of how you're living. And let your, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned as it were with salt. I know that's not always true of me. If you find me complaining or if you find me upset or if you find me like this or that, my speech isn't always with grace, right? It's not seasoned with salt. It's not this like thing where it's like, oh, that's good. It's like, man, like what's up with that? So that's the thing. We have to walk out what we believe, walk that out, live that life. So now we'll get into the sermon. (laughs) Uh, back, uh, back to verse two continue steadfastly in prayer being watchful in it with thanksgiving and that's this like that's this introduction into prayer and this thing that that we so desperately need and he's saying continue in it which which means what you've been doing it you're going to do it now and you're going to keep doing it you're going to continue in prayer you're going to continue in this lifestyle of seeking God. And why, like, why would we seek God? Like, why would we do that? And when should we do it? First uh, Thessalonians five sixteen says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. James chapter 5, verse 16, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you will be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power and is working. Your prayers matter. And it matters whether or not you pray. We need to be living lives of prayer. We need to continue in prayer and continue faithfully in prayer. 
a lot of times we think that prayer is like a, this one-time this one action. And it's this, well, I prayed for this thing once and nothing happened. And so now, like, I don't know what to do. I just move on. But Paul is saying continue in prayer. Continue in it with thanksgiving. Pray without ceasing. Continue down this road. Keep being faithful in that because God is going to take you to where he wants you to go. And if you continue in prayer and you continue seeking God and you're continually plugged in to God, your desires start to mold into what God wants them to be. And they start to change to what God has for you because you're plugged into God and your growth is coming through him. It's not something that you're building up yourself and your life and your spirituality isn't something that you're adding on and you're working toward. You're just dwelling in Christ and he is changing you and making you more like him and growing. And you are continuing in that prayer and you are continuing in that steadfast faith. Uh, Philippians chapter four, verses four through seven says this rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, John chapter 15 says this, uh, verses 7 through 9, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. For by this my, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Abiding in Christ, so that your desires become His, and so that the things that you pray for are God's will, and He works those things out. And I want to tell you something, as I, as I studied for this, I went, back, um, I went back and looked at a lot of my old notes from family groups and from men's Bible study and uh, parish team meetings and staff meetings and things like that. And I was, something was impressed upon me. Here at Trinity Church, here... God gives our prayers names. And I want to tell you what I'm talking about. If you're in this room, it's because someone was here before you praying that you would come. And that was a prayer for someone. And they were out there and they were praying and they didn't know who you were. And they didn't know where you lived. And they didn't know anything about you or the kind of person that you would be or that you would be a faithful person that would show up when it's really cold and you don't really feel like it on a Sunday night. But they prayed that God would bring someone to this church. Some of you were here and you've, you've prayed and you saw people come and then before then and before that and before this church even started, someone prayed that, that God would call a pastor and Stephen was called and he started the church. Our church, our prayers are given names and your names are the answers to those prayers. And I'll take it a step further because when I look back on my notes, I saw stuff like this. Pray for the Carcanos. They've had a miscarriage and they're having a really hard time getting pregnant. That prayer's name is Lincoln. The Davises, I had, I had a note from men's Bible study. Brian said, hey, we're, we're trying to get pregnant. 
and little Perry's out there. And when Perry was born, he was like, they're like, we need prayer. She's going to have to all be all these surgeries and casts. And I saw her run down the hallway. That prayer's name is Perry. Tim came and he said, man, we've got a baby dedication this week. We just had a miscarriage. And we're like, we're praying. We're trying to get, we're trying to get pregnant. That prayer's name is Nora. And Elam. And Wyland. And the Nelsons aren't here tonight because they have Charlie. Praise God. Yeah. God gives our prayers names. Amen. Don't pass on an opportunity to pray. No. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Pray for those opportunities. Pray for the people that God wants to fill this room up with. Pray for those people and God will give them names. We're called to continue in that prayer to be faithful and steadfast. So let's pray. Then we're going to worship and we'll get out of here. God, thank you for this day. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you are a father who loves to give good gifts to his children. Thank you that you brought all of these people here. I, I was talking to someone this week and I said, I, I love my church. I, I know everybody's name when they show up. And I, I think it's great. God, I pray for the people that you want to bring here. I pray that we would continue to be faithful and steadfast and follow you. And God, thank you for the miracles that you've done, for the prayers that you've answered, and, and for the people that are in this room and those little kids that are upstairs and the blessing that you gave us because you're faithful to answer our prayers. God, I pray that we would abide in you and that our desires would be for what you want and for your will. In your name I pray.